Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter 12. This will make the sixth message that I've preached out of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Let me just say this. This Bible is chock full of things to preach on. (laughs) I've been preaching on the thought of being transformed. Some of you, it's helped. I've known uh, from the beginning, of the, starting this series of messages, that the Lord wanted to do a work. I've had these messages on my heart for months, and I knew the Lord wanted to do a work. And for some of you, He has. I can see He's helped you. For others of you, the, uh, the devil has hindered you, it's hindered you, and uh, that's, uh, that's always the devil's desire. I don't know how many more of these I'll preach till the Lord says to stop, but if I might speak to you from my heart this morning before I preach, I would say this, don't allow the devil to rob from your heart what God wants to put in it. Don't be hindered by Satan. Allow the Lord to speak to you. I'm of the mind that all great things and great gifts come from above. I believe that. And I'm of this mind. If you want help, the Lord will help you. If you don't want it, He won't force it. I remember some years ago, uh, hearing Brother Johnny Pope preach a message on ten people that ten people that God won't help. The number one person that God won't help is he that don't want any. If you don't want help, God God will not help you. But if you want help in the service this morning, He'll help you, and He'll do it right here in the pages of this book. Let's read our verse. Verse 2, Romans 12, 2. We'll get verse 1, 2. They go together. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, an acceptable and perfect will of God. I've been preaching through Romans 12, 1 and 2. Like I said, this will be the sixth sermon. I've preached on the conversion that was necessary. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, I'll say it again. You not get anything done in your life till you've first been saved. That's first base. Then we preached on the cause. The Bible said, by the mercies of God. Then I preached on the consecration, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord. Last Sunday I preached on the conformity, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. And then on last Sunday night, I preached on our cognition, by the renewing of your mind. Then Paul said, 
that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I preach a little while this morning on the course of transformation. When you get transformed by God, He starts you on a course. That course is called the will of God. And so Paul said everything that we've been talking about so far is all leading to one area. And that's that you might know what the will of God is for your life. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for your help and your goodness and your grace. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are coming. Lord, I pray, God, for liberty in this place this morning. God, I pray that you'd touch hearts. Lord, we need you. God, we need the Holy Spirit. I implore you, Lord, that you'd dispatch your Holy Spirit, God, to this place. Lord, I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would have his free right of way. We'll thank you and praise you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want us to look this morning. I want us to think a little bit about the will of God. Over the years, I've sat down with a lot of people in my office. And probably, I was thinking about it yesterday, Brother Neil, probably the thing that people have talked with me about more than anything else is wanting to know what the will of God is for their life. Preacher, should I preach? Preacher, should I do this? Should I do that? Discussions, conversations about the will of God. Paul said that once you're transformed, you start on a course, and that course is the will of God. It's hard for me to understand, Brother Neil, that that a God so big that he made the universe and made the sun and made the moon and made the stars would even care about somebody like me, much less have a plan for my life much less get involved in my life and try to make me understand that plan. That's almost beyond my thinking. I'm glad to report to you this morning that somewhere yonder in heaven, there is a great big God that cares about a little bitty me. And he's got a plan for my life. And he wants to direct my life. And he wants to put me on a course. And that is called the will of God. Now, you understand something about the will of God this morning. For you to understand the will of God for your life, there's some basic principles you've got to understand. First, there are two kinds of God's will. There is what we would call the declarative will of God. There's some things that God says, and it just happens. God said, let there be light. Nobody got to vote. The sun didn't say, I don't want to shine today. Oh, no. It was the declarative will of God. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And when God declares something, it don't matter if you like it. Uh, it don't matter if I like it. Uh, when God declares something, it happens. Uh, that is the declarative will of God. But then there is the perceptive will of God. And what that means is there are some things that are God's will, but you and I can say no. The Bible is full of people that said no to things that were God's will. And I'm going to show you some of those things this morning. 
There are things that are God's will for your life, but see, God has allowed you to have a free will, and so you can look at those things that God has said are His will, and you can say no. Now, this is a total sideline, but I will mention this right here. A lot of people say, well, this happened. It must have been God's will. Not necessarily. Sometimes people make decisions that are against God's will, and God lets them make those decisions. He doesn't stop them. And so that is the perceptive will of God. And that's where you come in. You have a decision to make. You can either live for yourself or you can live for God. You can either do what you want to do or you can do what God wants you to do. Some of you struggle with that every day of your life. As a matter of fact, I would dare say all of us do. Our flesh has a desire. Our flesh has a want. Our flesh has something it wants to do. And that's contrary to God. But God has a will. And so it puts us in a straight betwixt two. And we've got to decide. Are we following what we want to follow? Or are we going to follow what God wants done? Now watch this. It's easy for me to know what I want. But what does God want? I read a story about a woman during the Civil War. She didn't have a map. And so she carried a stick. And everywhere she'd go, when she'd come to a crossroads, she'd throw that stick in the air, and whichever way the stick landed, that's the road she'd take. And one day they got to noticing, and this lady was at this crossroads, and she was throwing this stick up, and it'd land, and she'd pick it up, and she'd throw it up, and it'd land, and she'd pick it up, and she'd throw it up, and it'd land. And somebody said, how come you keep throwing that stick up? She said, because it keeps pointing toward that hard road. (laughs) She said, I want to go on that smooth road, and my stick keeps pointing on that rough road. She said, I know which way I want to go, but the stick keeps pointing in the opposite direction. And so she just kept throwing the stick until it finally pointed down the road that she wanted to take. Now, ain't that the way we live life most of the time? We decide which way's best. We're going to go our way if it hair lips the devil. And then on that road, Sister Karen, we'll pray for God to bless it. But I'm going to tell you, that's not how it works. Some of you live under the manifest blessings of God because you've took the right road and then some of you live under the judgment hand of God and it's because you've went the road you wanted to go you've went the direction you wanted to go and it's not working it never works out but it's the way you wanted to go now let me show you a few things right here how can I know the will of God for my life well Paul describes God's will three ways right here. Let me mention these. Now I'm going to get to where I want to go to preach. First, Brother Neil, he says God's will is good. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the first thing that he says about God's will is that it's good. One of the biggest lies that the devil tells people is that you can't trust God to do what's right in your life. That's craziness, isn't it? But the devil will tell you that. The devil will say, you can't trust God. He'll hurt you. He'll harm you. You can't go the way God wants you to go. It's not good, but I can guarantee you this. uh, God's will is good. Uh, It may run across our ambitions. Uh, It may go different than our dreams, Uh, but it always ends up for best. Uh, God's will is good. It's good. Peter, 
Peter held a lot of racism in his heart when he first started out. He didn't like the Gentiles. Over there in Acts 10, God brings him a sheet, shows him all them unclean animals, sends him to Cornelius' house. That run against everything in Peter's makeup. He didn't want to go down there and preach to them Gentiles. Uh, but it's where God sent him. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and God's will, even though it was against what Peter wanted to do, uh, God's will was good for Peter's life. Uh, and God's will's always right. I think about Joseph. Uh, it was hard for Joseph to see God's will while he was down there in the pit uh, and while he was in the prison. Uh, but once it was all over, Brother Neil, uh, Joseph said what you meant for evil, uh, God meant for good. He said, listen, God's will was good in my life. The devil says you can't trust God. But I'm going to tell you, get in God's will. It's the good place to be. He says it's good. Then he says it's acceptable. Did you know God will not, not ask you to do anything that you can't accept? He said, now wait a minute, preacher. Hang on a second. Think about it. God took the children of Israel through the Red Sea. And then all the way around in the wilderness to try and teach them to lean on him so that they would be ready to face the giants that were in Canaan so that they could accept it. Now we all know they chose not to, but they could have. God had prepared them for it. And so God's will is acceptable in our life. And then God's will is perfect. God made you. He knows what makes you tick. God controls the circumstances of your life. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow, and he's already made provision for that today. And so who better to direct our life than the man that made us and the one that controls the circumstances and the one that holds the future in his hands? I'm here to tell you, friend, his will for your life cannot be improved on. It is a perfect will. Now I'll show you a verse out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 29 and verse 29. Note this verse with me. Here's what God said. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. Here's my thought. Are you with me? Don't go sleep on me right here. I'm up here. Here's my thought. The Lord has a will that he has already revealed. But then he has a hidden will for your life. Now what everybody wants to know is what is the hidden will for my life? You know why, you know why Horace 